I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey meant for but few. Take my hand and we'll ramble with Reverend Campbell and Nine Sense's devilish crew. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. Today, I'm being joined by Aden Arden of Militant Eroticism. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Just getting over a cough. Um, you know, comes so, like that Paris Hilton episode. Coughing up cum. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is uh, great to have you listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much. It is January 25th, and we have a wonderful show for you. When the devil's advocate... I saw some stuff in online networking, and I, I think the majority of people in, in social networks that um, I clue into online don't actually listen to the podcast, which <laughs> I think some of them do, but not a lot of them, which is interesting. But this topic, I think, is a very interesting topic. So in The Devil's Advocate, we're going to be talking about what is satanic. And Agent Provocateur, that's right. Last week, Darren dropped an episode on me, but uh, <laughs> I had recorded the entire show earlier that day so i'm dropping it in here we're gonna do episode 20 before the hiatus at the crossroads of civilizations and we're gonna close it out with a militant eroticism of course it ends in the house this is episode 20 what are we calling this one man uh, the most generous person in the world obviously you're talking about me yeah i don't know <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe i should hear the 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 segment before I start saying oh, oh, oh no no you are certainly the most generous person in the <laughs> oh, world <laughs> no, I feel like there's an inside joke that I don't even fucking know about god damn it I'm gonna fast forward this show just so I can hear that and then come back and comment on it alright so before we start um, do you are, are you an, an avid enthusiast of exercising Eden I try I have an elliptical I have weights but I haven't worked out in a month I'm getting beer gut again, so. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's tough just to keep going unless you have someone else to sit there and motivate you. I've run into a situation that I, I can't be the only person that does this, but it's, I, I'm a total fucking asshole for doing it. And I, I see, it's one of those behavioral things you do as an individual, at least that I do, where I see myself doing it and I tell myself, you have to stop doing this. Because you're being a bitch. So let me let me shine some light on this here. I turn in to a total fucking asshole when I'm working out. Complete, hands down, total piece of shit asshole. And it makes it worse because I only exercise with my wife. And so that means that I'm a total piece of shit asshole to my wife when I work out. And I don't I don't mean to be mean, but I'm I'm super critical and when when you're performing an exercise I'm, I'm crazy about form and completion of each motion and I harp on it so much that like in my head I'm just trying to make sure that not only she's doing it right just for the sake of exercise but so that she gets the actual benefits of each of the exercises we're doing because we we have varied workouts from day to day and you know they're custom and tailored in order to 
you know, work on the different parts of our body that we need work, uh, need help with. So I, I'm crazy anal about it, but I am such a fucking asshole about it that I, sometimes it turns into like her fucking crying or leaving the room because I'm harping too hard. And I don't realize that I'm doing it until something extreme like that happens. God, you're and a dick. I know. I, it's <laughs> fucking crazy because really all it should be is... Well, you know what? We're just going to be doing a little strength training. You're going to um, you're going to uh, get, jump on the treadmill and start running. And then I'm just going to finish out the strength training uh, of this entire night. So I should, you know, she no matter what, she's going through the motions. She doesn't want to do any of this, I might add. I'm like, if I didn't force her to work out, and it's not like I forced her to like, bend her arm, but I'm just like, hey, it's time to work out. We must exercise now. <laughs> but I have a pint of ice cream and Oprah's on. Yeah, I'm just like, no, no, this is not acceptable. You will work out with me. Well, here's the thing. I understand. Um, I understand loving someone for who they are and forsaking all flaws. But I don't do that. I'm very much, I'm probably impossible to live with and I don't know why my wife has for so long. But like when we first got married, one of the first things that uh, I said to her was, if you ever weigh more than me, we will get a divorce. Like, it's super shallow, it's super no. shitty, no, but... No, it isn't. No, it I, isn't. Don't I'm... you fucking apologize. <laughs> Don't you dare apologize for that shit. Love and fucking are two different things. You... you yeah. uh, no, you gotta like something you're fucking. When I see, like, a man who's obviously taking care of himself and a woman who's like go of herself or vice versa, which is mm -hmm. usually the case, where a woman has not let herself go, but a man has... I look at yeah. her like, what the fuck is, bro? Why are you, I love him. He's my husband. So <laughs> you can love somebody and have sex with someone else. I do it all the time. <laughs> nice. No. <laughs> well, then you're the perfect person to talk to them about this. Because <laughs> I'm going to make you feel really good about being a shallow son of a bitch. <laughs> you, oh, uh, you, are, you are a monogamous man who's been with yeah. the same woman for what? Like almost 20 years? Getting close. Yeah. No. So good fucking job, woman. <laughs> Get on the treadmill because I like fucking you. I like this marriage and I want to make sure it remains that way. And I will do the same. I will make sure you come and that I look good naked for you. And that, I mean, that, that really what it is exactly what it comes down to. Like, I, I want to make sure that I look good naked for myself, which is one of the major reasons. But I also want to make sure that when, when I get naked, it's enough. And, and my behavior with her is enough to turn her on, not just me. You know what I mean? Because it's when I, I look at sex and it's very much not I'm trying to get my own. It's it's me trying to play off of her. I get off when she wants me more. Like oh. when she is turned on, that turns me on even more. And so it's it's so much better than just, hey, we're drunk, suck my dick. I, I, I mean, that's that's not really that great for me. I, I want her to be involved in it. And this is one way that I help, you know, hopefully help make her involved. And I expect the same back. And she's wonderful about it. And she's been doing it when I, every single day <laughs> that that I do it, um, which, you know, to be fair, is close to four times a week instead of the five times that we, that's our goal. But it's like, I, the motion of doing it is great. Um, the benefits of doing it is great. You, I feel fucking amazing after I exercise, 
but it's that time that I'm doing it. You know, you have like an hour or for us, it's like an hour of, well, Adam's going to be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing you can do about it. Like he, he knows he's being an asshole. He's trying not to be, but he can't help it. It's just fucking torture. And it, to make it worse, like some of the exercises um, we do together because I want to make sure that she is doing exactly what I need her to do in order to get the biggest benefit. And and here's the other thing. I'm not saying this because I'm some trainer that I, I know. I just spent five years in the military. Before that, I weight trained as uh, throughout all of high school. And afterward, I've just been in exercise. It's just something I do. So it's I'm, I'm not like trying to build her into something that she's inherently not. It's just trying to, you know, ma- make sure everything stays where it should be <laughs> and doesn't drip and droop where it shouldn't be. I don't know. Okay. I think, I, I, do you ever find yourself in that situation, Aden, where you know you're behaving poorly, but you just can't pull yourself out of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I kind of learned to embrace it. But, oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, no, I am, I am, I, as some of my friends love to tell me, I am the biggest asshole. I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> I use, um, like, my, my honesty is more like a torpedo missile, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, That's exactly uh, mean. But I'm just, uh, I, I just, I can't help it. When I was a kid, I was a nice guy. It didn't get me anywhere. Now it's just, no, now I'm a dick. It's, it's the only way to go. <laughs> well, and I mean, all it's really saying is we know what we want and we're going to tell you what we want and what we expect. And like to us, and I'm sort of speaking for you here, for me, it, it's me being as honest as I can possibly be. And I think that's a good thing. Mm. other people they find it a little too aggressive and so they you know sort of get a little butthurt about it and it's only when i see how my honesty and directness is reflected in for example in the exercise example my wife's size that i start to feel fucking bad i'm like well fuck i'm not trying to hurt your feelings i just want to make sure everything is done properly like (laughs) it's the ocd in me or something i don't think it's more about what you're saying than it is your tone um yeah i uh Where's I going with that? I um, I mean, you're you're a top of the clock man. You're naturally aggressive anyway. Yeah. No. God, he's like Hitler over here. <laughs> <laughs> like I got. No, do it now. Yep. No, I, that's exactly how it is. I, I'm just like. I'm like, if you're not going to fucking do it right, why are you doing it at all? Buddy Sean, I won't work out with him anymore. <laughs> oh, really? You're, you're like my buddy Sean when it comes to working out. I won't work out with him anymore because of it. He's a total gym rat, and, like, he's an amazing body. But I just, I look, I'm like, no. No, I'm not, I'm not going to work out with you anymore because you're a raging dick. He's like, yeah, but don't you want the best possible results? No. I don't want to look like you. I just want to stay thin and get, you know tone up a little bit you're like ridiculous <laughs> um uh, but i don't know after i'm done working out i tend to get aggressive i think that's where the topping came from oh, I started, really? well i started putting on muscle and muscle mm-hmm. and testosterone levels are connected so now i just want to fuck the hell out of shit instead of have the fuck help 
shit out of yeah something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I can't be poetic with this. <laughs> it works. Yeah, maybe no, I dig it. I dig it. Play with your tone, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what I'm going to have to do. Is just I never notice it until it's reflected, and so whether it's recorded or whether it's I see you know her reaction to it. I just I mean one I you know obviously I love her and I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I do want to make sure that you know we're on the same page with this kind of thing. So I don't know. Just wanted to chat a little bit about it and see your opinion and stuff. Well, this, um, well that it's what I'm about to say isn't necessarily a reflection of your wife, but of people in general. You know, mm-hmm. people are so used to you know placating and pussyfooting and excuse me and whatnot that when they meet someone who's direct and um, fairly blunt, especially when they're more um, ag- ag- aggressive in their life, they're just like, "Oh my God, he's so mean. He's gonna hurt my feelings." <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I guess that just kind of carries on everywhere for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> Me like to an extent, me. but I'm not, you know, I'm not as top of the clock as you are. So <laughs> nice. No, I'm sounding like a total asshole. I'm not that mean, people. I swear. All right. Um, well, you know, I mean, speaking of like testosterone and uh, interacting with other people, you actually put out this idea a long time ago, and I don't even know if you really want to bring it up at this point, but. It, it sort of plays into this whole idea. We we were going to be doing a Satanic Warlock episode. Yes. So is this something we're still on for? I'm so in, and I call, I call um, Shotgun um, a Satanic Warlock book. It's mine. I'm going to do it. No one else can do it. I'm putting it out there publicly first. It's mine. All right. A den is called Dibs on the Satanic Warlock. Yes, Dibs. Hell yeah. So that's going to be number two that you've released, or you will release. Oh, book-wise? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, whatever. It's coming. (laughs) It'll come. Yeah, I'm 26. Come on. Everybody calm down, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You got a few years before you have to start sweating. I'm already getting emails like, what's next up? Hold on a minute. I'm not done with this Damn, I haven't gotten my first out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, calm calm your ass. (laughs) Well, and I bring it up because uh, it's... it's, after the Satanic Witch episode I did, uh, I think maybe a full year ago with Aaron and Jesse, I got a lot of uh, feedback from guys saying, you know, I want to make sure I want to hear something. So it was just perfect that you mentioned that you would want to, you know, put this together and be a part of it. And just letting the audience know that we we don't just sit here and run this, this podcast, um, you know, just to masturbate into a microphone. I mean, we do that too. But okay, it's hey. actually kind of a bit to clean out. But, it, you know, it's sort of like when it gets wet, it gets like gelatinous and it's you have to get like toothpicks out of each little. Anyway, oh, yeah, it's, I have it's a, a pain for my microphones. But, you know, we like to think of ways that we can not only contribute to, uh, you know, the greater satanic conversation, as it were, but also enlighten the audience as much as we are capable of um, enlightening and not not meaning like we're somehow superior, but just that everyone has different perspectives on things and sometimes hearing a different perspective, it's a good thing. So this is one of those episodes that has spawned because of that, because we think that uh, collectively the gentlemen of Nine Cents have something to offer in this avenue. And, uh, you know, if not, it's just another podcast for fun. So, you know, look forward to that. 
but it is something that I also wanted to bring up because, you know, we do stuff like greater magic episodes. We do uh, sort of horrific holiday um, specials and uh, uh, every once in a while we just do a random episode, you know, like the one coming up, the Church of Satan year 50 episode that I'm going to be doing with Mag um, uh, Magus Gilmore. So... I want to reach out to you, the audience, and, and get your opinion. What would you like to hear from us? What have we either not covered enough for you or not at all that you would like to hear? So shoot us your, your, your questions or your ideas or topics uh, to any of the contributors to 9 Cents, or you can just send it to info at 9centspodcast.com. We really do like hearing from you, and we like to know what you want to hear. We're doing this... In, in well mainly for you we're actually not getting much out of it ourselves so it's nice to uh hear back and, and and make sure that we're giving you what you're expecting and what you want to hear and uh sort of tying into that you know every week when the episode is released i put out show notes you know kind of the main segments that are covered on that episode. Well, I have an entire archive of this on 9centspodcast.com. So if you go to the homepage and you go into that search field and you type in any topic that has to do with Satanism and maybe even not Satanism, well, chances are we've probably touched on it before in some manner. So there's a ton of information that is free and existing that you can find on the website, 9centspodcast.com. All show notes are there from the very first episode. So uh, go check it out when you have a second, and who knows, maybe you'll uncover something that uh, may uh, bring shine a little light on a thought you may have had before or never thought of ever before, for that case. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for the pre-show here. You want to dive in some Devil's Advocate, man? Sure. All right, let's do it. In nominated in I do not speak for the Church of Satan. What is satanic? Ready uh, now? Not bad. That's um. That's for sure. With <laughs> Vay's rolling in his grave every time he makes that sound. <laughs> Satan! <laughs> well, okay. Here's a good place to start this discussion. Then I think. Um. What is commonly seen as satanic is not defined by Satanists. I think that's an interesting idea. It's, oh, yeah. it's like an accusation. It's not an expression of self. You know? That's satanic. Well, no. Slayer is actually not satanic. No, is that the, the singer or Christian? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of the metal bands in the 80s and before and after used the imagery because it was racy and it drew in an audience. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that they had nothing to do with Satan. And so I wanted to ask you, Aden, obviously we plan this stuff out. I know you're going to be on this show. What is satanic to you? And it doesn't have to be just music or anything, but just, you know, what does it mean to be satanic to you? Like the idea of, of something satanic. My black satin pajamas. Ooh. <laughs> I want to feel that. That sounded soft and silky. Oh my God. Yeah. But make sure you wear underwear with them or you can get a UTI. But anyway, the point is. God. What is. Yeah, it, I never liked that question. 
because it because it, <laughs> it, it, it changed. It, I always thought it was uh, dependent on the person you were asking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get the the general answers like um, like you know, Levey would say L. Jolson is satanic, necessarily satanic because of form and um, and uh, something that satisfies uh, objective standards of uh, quality. I'm like, all right, good, you know, broad standards. But, you know, Darren would call the blues satanic. I would call, um, I'm not even going to admit that. That's just terrible. (laughs) Oh, The person I'm going to go see in concert tomorrow is satanic. (laughs) Oh, right, 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 right. (laughs) Uh, It's like an an open-ended question that, that you can fill with almost any of your tastes. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I mean that is a, like straight on point. I think is because it's it, there isn't a universal truth a, about it because that would that would be anti-satanic in and of itself. If we look at Satanism and understand that every Satanist is an abject individual that does not and probably will not agree with the next Satanist in line, because there would <laughs> there wouldn't even be in line. Um, it, it's absurd to think that there is this universal truth of this is satanic. I mean, Satanism is codified, but that's as far as it goes. I mean, other than that, it's it's very much left to the individual, just like personal aesthetics. And if if you dress the way you do when you're a Satanist, then whatever, however you dress is inherently satanic. And if we look at it like that, I think it can add a little bit of clarity why some people would um, completely think the blues has nothing to do with Satan, but then others would think that it has absolutely everything to do with Satan. It is inherently satanic for some. So, I, I, I mean, just to what you're, you're speaking to, in the individual aspect of it is the most important. Um, are there things out there that you can think of that a lot of different Satanists would agree are satanic? Well, I was going to, yeah, I was gonna say that it's it's funny when you you know you get a, a bunch of us together and we all start talking about what we like and the commonalities are just you know uh, it seems to be uh to put it to kind of repeat myself and put it kind of vaguely it's an appreciation for uh for quality you know someone someone who uh, or something that that shows skill that shows study that's uh when it comes to music or art in general, something that's uh, that evokes a response in you—not just some pop music that makes you, um, you know, move your hips—but you know, it's that's tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it really is tough for me to answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. I, I it, for me, it's challenging because I, you know. I've been in, in positions to what you're speaking to, where you're around um, a number of other Satanists and you have you, you have specific artists or specific movies or themes or uh, aesthetics that some of you are really attracted to. Um, and I guess I guess what it comes down to is, uh, for me anyway, because one or two people agree that they like something, and for them that something internalized is satanic does that mean that it's satanic for other people or that it should be and i would i mean for me and let me jump in really quick um i i don't think so i don't there can be 
no projected satanic element of anything. It has to be something that you feel. Otherwise, it's not true. Otherwise, if you're not connecting with it, how could it possibly be satanic? So then, I mean, to carry that forward, unless you're connecting with something intimately, whether it's emotional or um, physical, uh, can something actually be satanic? Objectively? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, in, you know, in Satanism, there's a kind of a basic uh, aesthetic to it that, that, and if it's a partly aesthetic philosophy, it requires that there is an objective standard of taste. Um, there's an argument for what kind of taste is appropriate for people like us, but it's kind of mm -hmm. a, not an argument because we naturally fall into that anyway. You know, like Peter says, where the Adams is, or what I told my ex-boyfriend is, you know, you're the Munsters, I'm the Adams family. Yeah. <laughs> you're leave it to Beaver, all dressed up in goth. I'm truly weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never thought of the difference between the two shows like that. That's interesting. Oh, I know. Even though both shows were fantastic, but come on, the Munsters were leave it to be. Actually, that's a great way to put it. You know, um, the Adams family would be objectively satanic, and then you get things that are just spooky with satanic uh, symbols and whatnot, and that would be the Munsters. Yeah. Uh, Look at that. I'm smarter than what I think. <laughs> Not just a hat rack up there. <laughs> yeah, genuine thought. Okay, so there is something um, I wanted to read. This was actually brought up by a, a wonderful gentleman. I would never got approval to say his name, so I'm not going to. But it's actually from the, state, the collection Satan Speaks, uh, from the essay The Horns of a Dilemma. And it starts out, uh, well, this is sort of in the, nearing the end of the essay here. Um, Anton LaVey wrote, as a result, once others say, well, that's not real Satanism. You're not real Satanists. You're just religious Satanists. The real Satanists are out killing babies and sacrificing cats. That's our cue to start knocking heads. We have to be prepared to say, God damn it, you rotten sons of bitches. Don't tell me what Satanism is. I'm a real Satanist and proud of it. You're trying to tell me Rudy Valet isn't Satanic music when I like Rudy Valet and then proceed to smash a chair over their head or nose and they'll listen. That's the only way anyone who is still trying to make money off anti-satanic swill will listen when we stop defending ourselves and start being offensive. That's why the ideal type of frontline warrior for our present cabal, for our new world view, must be that strange combination of berserker and poet. He must have the ultimate sense of justice, lex talionis, indelibly bred into him. While we... Also, I'm sorry, while also possessing the articulation, the convictions, the ideals, and the awareness of what must be done. These two elements of force and direction must be inseparable, or where, uh, of warfare and intellect. And he's speaking to the idea that because sat what is satanic is defined by so many other people and not us, people are confused. People don't understand. So... It's just this simple idea that if you claim a title to yourself, but no one understands what that title is, no one understands what you really mean and what you really are. And you can argue that the entire satanic panic is a direct result of that. It is incumbent upon us to have passion about Satanism and what we find satanic and not let others define it, and certainly not other Satanists. You know... Uh, I've said this a number of times. I'm a big gospel fan. Um, one of my favorite uh, 
absolute favorite tunes on the bagpipe is Amazing Grace. I absolutely adore it. And I don't like it because of a message or a, a connection with some uh, Christian who wrote it originally. I like it because of the emotion it evokes within me. There's absolutely nothing Christian about who and what I am. There's something absolutely at my core satanic. And so for me, hearing that tune on the bagpipes is 100% satanic. And I cannot apologize for it, and I would never try to, because it does something in me. It stirs something in me. Oh, of course. Some of the most be uh, uh, beautiful music ever written was written for you know, Catholic sermons. Um, it's Mozart's and, Requiem, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of classical pieces are were written for uh, for worship, and it's just. When when I hear you know frauds or newbies say, well, how can you you know I, I love um, like Odetta's spirituals and uh, you know old Negro spirituals and I love gospel music also because it, it's moving and yeah. um, you know me and a few friends go back and forth about this. Anything that moves me that uh, you know hits me emotionally is the kind of music I listen to, um, whether that be something as stupid as a Katy Perry song or um, so, someone like Odetta doesn't matter to me. It hits me. Mm -hmm. It's it, it does it, therefore it's satanic because it's moving. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I always thought this uh, Horns of a Dilemma was kind of building on LeVay's statement, you know, the Church of Satan is like custard that can't be nailed to the wall. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're there to, we, we exploit what a, a seemingly, uh, what seems to be a contradiction. You know, a Satanist could not like gospel. Or um, a Satanist couldn't find a Catholic church beautiful. Or, um, you know, like my one of my favorite men to work with is a devout born-again Christian. He's pretty much the only guy I like at work. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then when people try to go, well, no, a Satanist couldn't do that, then you can get kind of pissed off about it. Well, why the fuck can I do it? Don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you what it is. I think a lot of when, when it comes down to asking a question like, uh, what is satanic? There's an implication that not only a, as we've spoken to that, there could possibly be some universal truth, which is not, um, but also that there's a lot of judging going on. Like if you find that satanic and I don't, I'm judging you at this point. Um, do you think that that's a bad thing, Aden? Well, the fact that they're judging, no, the standard that they're using, I'd raise an eyebrow and kind of snicker. You know, and, um, oh, yeah, there's there's a few people who said, oh, you like Marilyn Manson. That's so typical. I'm like, no, 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 I don't just like him. I fucking love Marilyn Manson. You can ask anybody who lives in my building. It's pretty much his new album. I've been playing on a loop for a month. Um, and, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's so typical. Therefore, you know, it's not very satanic. Like, what? Are, are you kidding me? I like it. I like it. It's moving. The lyrics are well written. The music is beautiful or can be kiss my ass no and they, yeah. they'll use it they'll use it like that um they they yeah it's it's like a false judgment you know like um and it's not this it's not the same kind of judgment where a beer snob would say oh yeah look you're drinking budweiser hmm. it's more like you're drinking oh you're drinking paps blue ribbon therefore you're a hipster Ugh. you, you know <laughs> yeah. or you're wearing off the rack <gasps> gasp <laughs> that's not Gucci underwear. <gasps> it's like, you know, it's like that. 
it's it's stunning because you know on one hand it's you judging them on the other hand it's you trying to measure up to them <clears throat> excuse me i mean part of this i think is you're trying to get a sense of of uh whether or not you're doing something right like i don't know anyone who would ask another satanist um if this thing is satanic or if th that thing is satanic, unless there's something within themselves they feel like they're not measuring up to. Like they feel like they have to connect in some way with what someone else likes in order for it to be okay. It, yeah. I, I think that's a flawed mentality because what, what's that, what that says at its core is that you're not an individual. You're trying to measure up to some satanic yardstick. Exactly. And there is no such yardstick that that doesn't exist. You don't have to measure up to any other Satanist. So no, no. when you run into these people, like are anyone who argues about you liking something that's not Satanic or not Satanic enough or could never be Satanic is a lot more about them being just <clears throat> not confident in themselves. Uh, I don't trying to trying to put themselves in a position of authority over you or trying to do something whatever it is that in and of itself is not satanic so it's this irony that they're the ones trying to convince you of something but really they're just telling you what they are and that is shallow hollow and not quite up to par and to be clear My opinion you, you can always judge someone by their taste you know when someone you know when a guy I go on a date with says, you know, he likes Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, and other top 40 typical gay shit. I look at him with a raised eyebrow like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> now, yes, I will admit, sometimes when I'm drunk, I'll put on a Britney Spears album and dance around like a little fairy. It happens. <laughs> and I like Cher. I fucking like Cher. I'll goddamn say it all day. I love Cher. That's, that, that's my bitch, Okay. You look at my playlist or share Britney Spears, Marilyn Manson, Elton John, and, you know, Cannibal Corpse. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. but That's a hell of a night. <laughs> oh, I'm all over the place when it comes to my taste. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think that's kind of an unspoken thing about Satanists is a lot of their tastes are seemingly contradictory. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, but, of course, you can judge someone by their taste, but it's a subjective standard. Unlike, you know, when you ask the question, what is satanic, you're trying to, you're trying to apply, you're being solipsistic. I like it, yeah. it's satanic, but you don't agree with me, therefore you're not as satanic as me. And you're right, it's mm -hmm. a false measuring stick, one that doesn't exist. The only one that does exist is adher adherence to the principles and follow through. You yeah. name what you want. Are you going after it? And are you are you using the principles to get to it? Yeah, you know, it's it's a method. Satanism is more like a method. Uh, yeah, it's you're you're applying you're you're being solipsistic. You're applying a, your subjective values to and trying to create an objective standard out of them, and it's it's ridiculous and very unsatanic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting and, and it's shocking how often it comes up, which uh, yeah, is why I wanted to talk about it now, I guess. But uh, unfortunately, sometimes it does. Yeah, that's okay. Hey, how about we do a little agent provocateur? Ooh. Okay.
Ever wonder why genies are trapped in bottles? Because they're a bunch of goddamn drunks. And like all drunks, they'll talk to anyone who will listen until somebody puts a cork back in the bottle. So, want a little drunken genie nonsense? Then grab a bottle of whiskey and rub one out. Or tune into Nine Cents the first week of every month and catch my segment, I Dream of Jesse. I am not a liberal nor a conservative. I am not a Democrat nor a Republican. I am not a socialist nor a capitalist. I am not an authoritarian and I'm definitely not fighting for your cause. I belong to no party, I support no politicians, I am loyal to no state, and your cause celebra means nothing to me. I am Darren Deicide, Agent Provocateur. Hello folks, and welcome to Agent Provocateur. This is before the hiatus at the crossroads of civilizations. You may have noticed something in the title of this episode. Indeed, I'm going away for a little while. Not the way Crazy Aunt Lucy goes away, but I have to take a little hiatus from Adrian Provocateur. Music is calling me. February 7th, I will begin premiering a series of live videos called Back from the Dead, The Harsmith Sessions. I had the unique privilege of performing three songs in the historic Harsmith Cemetery here in Jersey City, a six-acre cemetery that has many interesting historical figures buried there, as well as an amazing history of its own. Also, at the beginning of March, I have been booked to perform at Stand-Up Fest, a festival in Indiana. This will launch a week-long tour through the Midwest, including dates in Chicago and St. Louis. Needless to say, I will be traveling constantly, and that life is not conducive to paying attention to the touchstone issues of the world, let alone doing a podcast about them. So, you must drudge on without my sarcasm about the human species. I think you can do it. Before I leave, though, I want to give a last piece of commentary about the human zeitgeist as it stands. This is a bit of my farewell address before the hiatus. Also, I've made a pretty good podcasting career being a contrarian so far. It's served me well. But underlying any contrarian must be principles. And as I've been sitting here doing case studies or randomly jacking off in your ear, at no point have I articulated my principled stance. There are a couple of reasons for that. I take seriously the idea of keeping opinions to myself. Believe me, it's an act of true self-control for me. The amount of times I want to smack someone in the teeth for spewing some stupidity, let alone keeping my opinions to myself, is probably about 20 times more current than the amount of times someone impresses me with their knowledge and insight. So I don't mind laying more cards out today before I go on my spirit quest. I find societies interesting. More than anything else, what fascinates me are the manners in which they are similar and the ways they are not. You see, the hard sciences exist for a purpose. Physics, genetics, biology, all of these exist to unravel the initial state of nature. What are the laws of gravity? What is the inborn genetic code of an individual? These are the questions the hard sciences look at and does so through controlled experiments. We now know, partially thanks to the work of these hard scientists, that the human brain is neuroplastic and malleable. It is not a static organ, and therefore, neither is the individual. If you take a child and raise it in China, regardless of its racial or genetic code, it will speak fluent Chinese, adopt Chinese aesthetic judgments, Chinese norms, and so on. So, what are the factors that steer an individual in this direction or that? That is the task of the soft sciences or social sciences. 
since controlled experiments are impossible unless we lock people up into strange situations and fuck with them, a proposition I might be okay with, what we're left with are case studies in history that provide us with paired examples. The pairing of examples allows us to delineate the variables responsible for the genetic code to unravel in the manner in which it does. I think it's an incontrovertible truth at this point, thanks to an overwhelming body of evidence in history, there is no other factor influencing paradigms of thinking more than the flow of capital. It places constraints on all media and systems of thought to a degree that calculated rational thinking is often thrown right out the window. And it does this through the selection and emphasis of facts. In that sense, all mass media is biased and represents the interests and points of view of those who are attempting to control the flow of capital. And it comes in many different forms that build narratives. Recent events between the Western and Eastern Hemisphere of human society are creating a new narrative. One would think we are at the precipice of a great war between civilizations. On one side is the secular world, protecting its system of Enlightenment-era values. On the other side is the Muslim world, protecting its own system of Sharia-based values. When people are killed on the Western side, the media underlines it to no end and quickly categorizes it as an act of terrorism. I wish I had a dime for every time the word terror is used in mainstream media. I would have a hell of a lot of dimes, enough to have free metered parking for the rest of my life. On the other side, clerics and would-be sheiks of Uman's inundate a hopeless people caught in a daily crossfire with promises of salvation if they would take up arms in the cause against a society devoid of morals and decency. Societies disintegrated into chaos by aggressive rogue states find solace in religious pinings. This is nothing new. You see, I think most people think of religion as Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, and that's it. If it doesn't have a schnazzy name and some grand poobah, it's not a religion. But let me posit this. Religion is more than that. Religion is a faith-based way of looking at the world. It is the opposite of science and rationality. At its crux is the denial of life and the self in favor of myth and self-abdication. The mind state it induces isn't dissimilar from many forms of totalitarian thinking. You see it often in dictatorial or monarchistic styles of government where leaders are revered in very religious ways. Just look at the cult of personalities you see in communist governments, whether it's Lenin's mummified corpse in a glass case or the Liberace styles of Kim Jong-il. Leaders are enshrined on a level that makes Jesus look like a pathetic loser. Some of the most ardent religions aren't theistic, and some of the most zealous systems of faith come from states. And within these religious systems of thinking, including state religions, you have fundamentalist and secular ends. Looking at history, I am convinced that there is nothing innate to the religious system that would steer it towards either end other than the conditions of its adherence at that time. Fundamentalism becomes prevalent when the social order breaks down and infrastructure dissolves. At this point, religion then serves as a way of structuring society informally. The early colonists in America resorted to lynching, stake burnings, and all sorts of macabre executions when they were dying like flies from disease, starvation, and Indian massacres, despite their preenings towards classic liberal idealism. Secular Islam has existed for decades, 
and secular Muslim states thrived prior to recent imperial aggressions. But when economic interests come to a collision, everything is done by religion to convince people that they must die for their cause. Media and propaganda gear itself to convince the population that they must sacrifice their own lives, resort to criminal action, and line up behind their cause. For those a little slower on the skepticism uptake, throwing themselves off the cliff becomes an easy matter, especially if life itself has been shown to be worthless. Well, I am here to slay all religions, state or otherwise. And that is why I am here to tell you that the prevailing ideas on the war are a lie. There is no war between civilizations. Both are guilty of the crimes they are accusing each other of. It's a war of hypocrites, like all wars, and the evidence is conclusive. People are being deluded by a mass media interested in doing whatever is possible to ensure that the burden of proof is never put on war planners, religious leaders, and state managers whose point and purpose is to keep coffers full for special interests. If you're obedient to them, you are being duped into their herd. If you die for them, you're dying for empty ideals that keep their wallets stuffed. My podcast and my newswire are here to give you the tools you might need to build an independent mind and opt out of the game. And I do this by completing the other half of the story, the story your media doesn't want you to hear. It's a story that may be painful for some to hear. Challenging favorite truisms and lies people tell themselves doesn't make you a popular guy. But nobody said being a Satan would make you a friend to all. Ladies and gentlemen, this agent provocateur is checking out for now and will return in April. I will continue to be a watchdog and the newswire will continue where I can continue it. Join it at facebook.com slash agent provocateur on nine cents, the number nine in it. Keep the world spicy, my listeners, and never let your fire for Luciferian rebellion die. This has been Darren Deicide, checking out just for now. Let thy brothel be revelation, then thy moans are.
divine wisdom. There's no salvation in the whole religion. Our dogma is their kink. With legs spread, with flesh mounted, we point out to our accusers, a slut alone is no slut at all. This I say to you, my fellow eroticists, my hands-on warriors. It doesn't matter who bends over. In the end, we are all... Welcome to Militant Eroticism, episode 20. The most generous person in the world is the slut. I am a den or den. The slut is the most generous person in the world. They have the ability to arouse far more sensation than your own body could produce. And for free! Sure, they may be getting something in return. If you're any good, that is. But they offer it without any hesitation. With this in mind, the slut should be an icon in the spiritual world. There's no wonder why the most devoted Christians are usually the most promiscuous. I mean, generosity is a virtue, sometimes confused with their own desires. They are imitating the God-given role that the mother and father of all human beings were charged with, to be fruitful and multiply. It just so happens that now instead of multiplying our species, though most of them are, it just, um, it, they're multiplying the good nature that comes with a good orgasm. We, of course, all know that sluts, for practice makes perfect in most cases, are astounding in bed. They are always picked for conversation in a social gathering, though just about everyone will deny that this is the reason. They are always charming, polite, and fair, for it is in their nature to be giving. They make the men gods to other men, and the women feel better about themselves for being so classy. Classy usually translating to a synonym for boring. Of course, classy and gods can also be exchanged depending on the gender and their orientation. Though I would never call lesbian a god. They're just, they're always bad people. But anyway, <laughs> the slut is also always the best looking. Always making sure that they are in the top echelon of aesthetics in the places that they grace. It may not be the top fashion, but goddamn if they're not the best looking or at least the most alluring of all the other people. They take great pleasure in offering up eye candy and wish to please others via their presentation, much like the painter wishing to move his audience. The old adage, no good deed goes unpunished, also fits very well with the slut. Always mocked and ridiculed, they have had a scarlet A indented on their forehead and arm, generously giving them their most intimate embrace and are alienated for it. They are truly the meek and always a downtrodden. I'm sure they have the best-looking crowns in heaven. In the Old Testament days, they were stoned to death. They're true martyrs. Also, it would be very well to note that the slut is very ego-strong. No matter how much they are beaten down, they go on with their natural mission, to please anyone that offers or that they accept into their loins. Truly courageous people to face adversity every day. With every breath they proclaim, you will not get me down, I will do who I wish. The slut truly is the most generous person in the world. They never stop giving. They give the most intimate parts of themselves. They give their energy, their passion, their lust and love. They share secrets of their bedroom desires, and they never stop. They never stop offering themselves up to the rest of the world. With their motto planted firmly upon their lips since the day God sent them down from heaven, take what you wish, I exist to give and to be given. So, as always... Keep your skirts up, your pants down, and no matter who bends over, love your slut.
<laughs> I never thought of a slut like that before. I know, right? I, wrote, I think I wrote this when I was 16. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, are you a generous person? <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm a Satanist. <laughs> oh these, okay so do you think this this hold on this this inspires some question here the true saints of our times the, seriously <laughs> wait a second now this is making me start to think of mother Teresa in a completely different way oh god if that, that well that's the only reason why that woman looks so terrible at the end of her life that's enough to <laughs> go through they look like hell by the time they go in the ground. I mean, they've yeah. sacrificed their youth and their beauty so other people could enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I'm moved. Aren't you moved by this? Oh, something's stirring down under. <laughs> You're a married man, sir. You're not allowed to think that way anymore. I got a thing for nuns. I will never stop thinking. <laughs> oh. What's that? Do you have a thing for nuns? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, there was a there. I think it was Psycho through two or three where there was a like the story revolved around a nun getting killed. I can't remember which one, maybe three. But um, yeah, that that was what did it for me, man. As soon as I saw that nun get murdered, something stirred. <laughs> really? <clears throat> I'm a twisted person. <clears throat> hey, man, I love I this idea. For porn, so you know. Was that? I jack off to horror porn, so I, I can't I can't judge you too harshly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I I really like this. It's it's taking a a common idea that people find uh, for whatever crazy reason they find it being a negative, and especially when someone's calling them a slut, and then is turning it on its heel and saying, "Whoa, wait a second, you're actually." you're doing something greater for mankind than they ever could. You're giving of yourself in the, in, in the only ways that you can, or, or maybe in the most, the best of ways that you can. Um, f just for them, for the sake of their pleasure. Of course, you're going to be getting something out of it, hopefully, but you never know. <laughs> you just <laughs> never know. Some people don't know what they're doing. Uh, that was a great one, man. I like that. I'm going to have to listen to that a couple times and uh, have a little fun <laughs> thinking about it. That was great. Where can uh, where can the good folks listening find a little bit more about you online? Um, well, um, to know anything about the segment or the upcoming book, um, just go to the Middleton Roticism Facebook page and you know hit the like button. And you can always email me. I'm active in those emails. I respond all the time. It may take me a little bit, but I do it. So even suggested topics because you know. Well, no, and I'm not running like, out of ideas, but you know. <laughs> just like I mentioned at the top, it's always nice to know what other people would like to hear too. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I just, I, I don't think of something as interesting, but other people do. And I keep forgetting that, you know, other people are there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not just you and me. Um, well, thank you very much for that. I, I do highly recommend that everyone go check out Milton Rossism on Facebook. Yeah, he posts, Eden posts a lot of, uh, news articles that, um, and just sort of, you know, research that backs up some of uh, the uh, segments that he speaks to. And it just sometimes it's just random, random posts that inspire uh, thought and creativity and a little bit of slutty behavior, which, let's be honest, it's giving. It's a good thing. Sometimes I feel the need to rant and I can't wait till the end of the month. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then I've been Do yourselves posting. a favor, check them out online. Well, Dan, I think uh, I think that's it. I think that's going to do it for another show. Oh, God, I just, I just nutted. <laughs> All right, well, we would love to hear from you, the audience. We've been mentioning it all episode. We're going to mention it one last time. Visit the website, 9centspodcast.com, and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 Cents and get updated on weekly topics. Download the show Mondays via the RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, and YouTube. Look for us there. Uh, if you... Find us somewhere, give us a rating, give us a review, give us a testimonial. We appreciate it all, and it helps the cream rise to the top, which actually has a little bit of a different meaning now that Aden admitted to it's just not like nutting. Well, no, you started this with a microphone thing, which reminds <laughs> me. I think it's about time you bought me a fucking microphone, okay? <laughs> I think you're right. Actually, I think I owe everyone that contributes to this show a microphone. Especially um, women. God knows yeah. how they put it. oh man everything's being twisted up uh let's see where were we i would like to learn uh if you (laughs) fuck aden you have me flustered if you if you the audience would like to learn more about the church of satan visit churchofsatan.com and remember the only way we're going to continue having these awkward paused moments on nine cents is if you spread the word tell other people about nine cents Help us help you help uh, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Satan! Anyway, <clears throat> thanks for joining us. As always, I'm a host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... A dad or a dad. One of a kind man. Looking forward to that book, by the way. And until we can chat again, until we can see you people, until next week, hail Satan! Hail Satan.